Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober. My guest today is Nakisa Nauruzi. Nakisa is founder of the company Nourishality, which makes organic superfood energy bars and balls using sprouted stone ground ingredients. Nakisa also has a PhD in cell and molecular biology and a master's in biochemistry. She currently teaches anatomy and physiology at Orange Coast College. Nakisa, welcome to the program. Hi, Aaron. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm excited. Me too. I'm glad that we were able to get you on my program. We connected not so much in person. I wasn't able to make the Wise Traditions Conference this year like I normally have. had another commitment. But after the conference, they gave me a list of all the exhibitors, and I decided to research them. And it was a wonderful surprise that you saw right away how I began following you on Instagram. Yeah. And I just think, you know, we had a great repertoire from there. I found out that yeah. we have such similar interests and, and goals with where we want to go with health and real food. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So it's perfect. And glad to have you on back as one of the first guests of this new 2022 season. Thank you. I'm very excited. So let's get started. Explain to the listeners how Nourishality came about. All right. So Nourishality was created following a desperate need for a truly clean, gluten-free, grain-free product that doesn't have any toxic additives, cheap fillers like genetically modified corn fibers that you see in the conventional nutrition bars. And the manufacturers use those because they want to keep the ingredient prices low. And the problem with the conventional bars where they would bother my gastrointestinal system and also my family's. My son was birth injured 12 years ago and my journey healing him started ever since. And in my discovery, I found the beautiful diet, GAPS diet, gut and psychology syndrome diet mm -hmm. uh, by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. And from there, I started following uh, wise traditions and going to all the conferences and learning more and more about this beautiful uh, lifestyle. So we were on GAPS diet for two years, and we saw huge improvement in my son with every ailment that he has. We saw improvement. The problem was the GAPS diet is beautiful, but finding grain-free sweets was very difficult. I found something online that was grain-free, but it tasted like cardboard. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make my own. And then when we are going to parties, I would bring my homemade energy balls or nutrition bars as our desserts. And the guests at the party, they would try them and they say, oh, can you sell them? Can you sell them? So finally, during pandemic, we were home most of the day. I found the nourishality and I started making my own snacks. And it's amazing how fast it took off because I understood that people have this need now to go for healthier snacks, healthier options to give a boost to their immune system because of the current situation we're in. Grain-free products are hard to find mm -hmm. for a number of issues. I mean, one is more of the marketing has been just gluten-free. And the thing yes. is, those often do still have grains. They often use some type of rice, rice flour. 
But then this is the bigger thing about gluten-free and to an extent grain-free, although I feel like there aren't in general a lot of total grain-free. But when you go with the gluten-free and if there are any grain-free ones that I can't think of at the moment, the problem is the ingredients. I feel like these companies think that it's just enough to label it as grain-free, gluten-free, and they don't put any care into the actual ingredients of it. They think that people will see gluten-free and they think that's enough and they'll just assume that it's organic. And so often it's not. I really wonder where do they source this rice flour in the gluten-free products from? Yeah. And it's not only that. The grains that they put in these gluten-free products, they are very difficult for the digestive system to recognize and the enzymes in the body to recognize them because they are, first of all, they're not properly prepared and it's very difficult for the body to digest them. And I know it very well because of my own GI issues and I am a very good gauge. If something bothers my GI issues, I know it's not good for the body. And my background is biochemistry, so I know about the macromolecules. I know the enzymes in the body. I know a lot about the cell and the molecules in the cell. So if you have a good marketing, it's easy to market these things, but are they really healthy? Are they really, even the organic ones, are they really good for your body? I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure either. One of the biggest problems I see with them is they don't use whole foods. Yeah. They take a whole food, but then they just extract it into something that's not the original food. The most common ingredient I see in gluten-free products is tapioca starch. Yeah. Now, whoever thought of that, hey, I'll give you credit for being a genius because every product pretty much uses that. And I hope you're getting compensated in yeah. some way for your brilliant idea. But tapioca starch... It's not a whole food and it's, I mean, it says it right in its name. Yeah. It's a starch. Yeah. And the nature, believe it or not, is much smarter than we are, we humans are. And whatever is as a whole food, your body accepts it much better. When you tease out one part of it, then your body is bombarded with something that doesn't know what to do with it. That's hence you see the GI issues in my students. I mean, I've been teaching for 15 years. In my students, the prevalence of GI issues just skyrocketed in the past few years. It's just unbelievable. What do you think is the cause of all these GI issues skyrocketing? Oh, do you really want to go in that well, rabbit hole? Well, let's see if you can explain it briefly, which may not be such an easy task. <laughs> to be honest, I really think the increase in the childhood vaccination is the main cause of it. Of course, our food industry with all these gluten-free products that are really, to me, they're highly inflammatory. Our water supplies full of fluoride, full of chlorine. So if you want to go that route, we can talk about the inflammatory lifestyle that we have. We are at home sitting in front of 5G, in front of our computer, especially now. All day long, I'm still teaching online. All day long, I'm sitting and talking to people. People don't talk to each other. So that energy exchange, people don't hug each other. So there is so much I can tell you, but I don't want to go this other route and I want to stay focused. But yeah, I mean, there is so much we can talk about our, the way that we live, our lifestyle. Yeah, I can see lifestyle being a big way. As the saying goes, 
genetics load the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. Absolutely, yeah. Genetics, my background is molecular biology. So yes, genetics have a role, but epigenetics, basically environmental factors, that's what turns a gene on and off. Yes, so in terms of your product, we talked about how it's important to include whole foods in it. Yeah. It's important to include organic, but really, as we're learning now, Organic is just the start. I think organic was a great start, knowing what it is, but we need to go further. And what I know you focus on as well as I certainly learned about this term through the Weston A. Price Foundation was about nutrient-dense foods. Uh So what do you see as the key to getting the most nutrient-dense ingredients in your food? Mm -hmm. So like you're saying, there are all these organic products out there. Not all of them are nutritionally equal. How they were harvested depending on the health of the soil they came from the microbiome content in that soil the mineral content in the soil even the irrigation system what kind of water they use the region of the world is coming from and how much sun energy that plants are receiving all of these are like wide spectrum of nutrient density in that food same food right let's say the nuts It depends on how you harvest. Believe it or not, the energy of the farmers (laughs) has a value to it. I love to know my farmers. I love to shop local because I feel the energy exchange has a lot to do with the health of that product that you're buying. For example, the turmeric that I buy, I buy from David Avocado Wolf. I'm sure everybody knows him. He's very famous. Mm -hmm. He knows when I go to his talks, he knows the value of real nutrient-dense food. And I trust that whatever he harvests is the best in the market. So like I told you, I like to shop from local farmers, from small business owners. First of all, I want to support them. And second, I feel like your gut microbiome is here in this local environment. So the food that is grown here is the best feed for your gut microbiome. Gut and brain and skin and all your body microbiome, right? So they thrive best when they're presented with the food from the region. So I love to do nutrient-dense food that are from where I am from. Right. Eating local. I think that's a very important thing. And that's one of the major things I encourage with this podcast is find as much local ingredients as you can. Absolutely. And are you able to find the majority of your ingredients from local sources or do you have to source out any that are a little bit further? Yeah, not all of them I can. For example, my main vendor for the sprouted and stone ground nuts and seeds is Blue Mountain Organics. Just because I use variety of nuts and seeds, my other idea is, you know, we all talk about all these probiotics on the market. But if you look at those, the bottles, there's only two or three varieties, species of probiotics. What you want as a healthy microbiome, you want variety. How do I get variety? I get variety by eating variety of food. So Because of that, I use variety of nuts and seeds, variety of different ingredients in my products. And the Blue Mountain Organics, they are experts in sprouted nuts and seeds. I have a, actually she's my friend, I have a local vendor here that I use my sprouted almonds. I get my sprouted almonds from her, but she's not able to accommodate me for all the products I need. For example, medjool dates 
and the honey I get them from the local farmers market, but also my honey I get from Glory Bee because I want to help them. They oh yeah, yeah, they're a great company. Yeah, and ten percent of the proceeds goes to saving the bees, and that's very important for Big me.、Time. I think without bees, we don't exist in this world. Yeah, shredded coconut I get from a local vendor here in Los Angeles. Anthony's they use manual processes. I like that, and they have this certificate. It's called Climate Pledge Friendly, which is basically sustainable standards. Cacao coffee I buy. From small family companies, it's very important for me. Fair trade. It's important for me. They're sustainable. The cacao has to be alkalized, so it doesn't bother the gastrointestinal tract. The coffee I buy from Raw Guru. They're not local, but they are pH balanced. They are mycotoxin free. These are important for a smooth digestion and absorption. Also, what I like about Raw Guru Coffee, they also have another certificate, the Rainforest Alliance certified. Basically, they're environmentally sustainable. My packaging products—they are almost all of them are 100% compostable. The plastic material I use—they are from a local source here in Orange County, actually. And the packaging they have, the plastic. You can actually put it in your compost pile. I actually have a compost pile, and I use it. I just put it in there. It's just hundred percent compostable. I love it. You've explained where everything comes from because a lot of times I have to ask a few questions before guests get into the specific place of sourcing it. But I love it that just you laid out right at the beginning. Oh, wonderful! And you really bring up the importance of transparency from food companies. I am. I am very transparent. Otherwise, Erin, I wouldn't do this because I am here to bring something extra to the table. I don't want to be like every other one. I want to bring something different. So yeah, I am completely transparent, and I don't care. People know where I'm sourcing my product. It's good for people to know these good companies that I work with. Oh, absolutely. Because I ask that all the time when I see these different companies at shows. I like to know where they source、yeah. it, and certainly on the podcast. So it's. A breath of fresh air when I could have a guest just lay it out without me even asking the question. <laughs> that you get to it. Yeah. <laughs> I think a newer thing we're seeing with nutrient dense foods is the importance of regenerative agriculture,、yeah. and we are starting to see that with more products that they're talking about how they're definitely regenerative. Is that something that you will be looking for in the future with the places that you source from? Yeah, absolutely. Even now, I am looking into that. Absolutely. Wonderful. And with these different types of areas that we look for in food, whether it's organic, non-GMO, regenerative, there's two ways you can do it. So there are a lot of certification programs, both private and government. But it's also just a thing like you're doing of citing where they come from, and then. You can see how regenerative, how organic they are.、Mm -hmm. Do you see going for any certifications for your products? Yeah, so I have the green certification and net zero certification from local from Los Angeles. So I have those two. I'm definitely looking into being certified organic. All of my ingredients are organic. But I'm not certified organic. It's just the money issue. It's expensive. Oh, it is. I know a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. But all my ingredients are all organic. It's what we use at home. Is we are almost hundred percent organic. So I wouldn't even choose anything else for my ingredients. But yes, I am looking definitely into becoming 
all the certifications that I'm standing behind. So, yes. Yes. When I talk to the local vendors at my farmer's market and learn about what it takes for a farm to be organic, I know all that goes through in order to get that. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. So let's now get into some of the specific ingredients that you use in your foods. I know one of the things which I think is very important is that your foods are snack foods and there are ways to make snack foods and still have some type of sweetener that's not sugar, but what are known as natural sweeteners. You use a few different types. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about those and mm -hmm. what made you decide to choose these specific ones. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, my master's is in biochemistry, so I know very well about these macromolecules, the proteins, uh, fats, and uh, carbohydrates. And what is very important for a snack to not just go through the digestive system and gives you that sugar rush and sugar crush or that insulin spike, and then two minutes later you are like starving, is we want to slow down the digestion of carbohydrates, which are the fastest to digest. So you want to have the ratio of your fats in the snack and the proteins in a right ratio that the carbohydrates don't go through the GI system. So you want to slow down basically the digestion of your GI system. So my students, some of my students are my customers, and they actually tell me that my products, they can use it as meal re replacement. They tell me my products takes them throughout the day. They're not hungry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The natural sweeteners, like you said it beautifully, I am all about whole food. If I'm using honey, raw honey, unfiltered honey, it has all these active enzymes in it. If I'm cooking the honey, then I'm going to kill the enzymes. So, you know, it's going to be just a sugar for me. I need something to help me digest my food. If I'm using dates, I am using a whole fruit. And a whole fruit is a lot smarter than we humans. Like you said it beautifully. It has everything you need. For example, dates have a lot of fibers. So it kind of slows down the digestion of these carbohydrates. And I use medjool dates, and I use it from the local farmer, from our farmer's market. And it's beautiful. Like I said, my students tell me when they have my products, they can go a whole day without eating. They don't even have a need. One thing I wanted to tell you, there are keto sugars that are commonly used. My problem with those, there are they have alcohol sugars. Your body doesn't have an enzyme, proper enzyme to digest them. And you get bloated, gassy, and all that. And even there are some that they are saying it's only monk fruits. Those also, when I looked into it, they have alcohol sugar. So I am like you. I am all about, you get these sweeteners. That's why they're called natural sweeteners. The way the nature offered it to us. Don't alter it. Don't add some new type of sugar, alcohol sugar that your body has for years, as long as the humanity existed, didn't know what they were. And now they're everywhere because people are doing keto diets. So I'm not against keto diet. You can do clean keto, but it's difficult to find clean keto products. I agree. I'm very for the keto diet if that's what works for certain people. I do also see some benefits to complex carbs, but I also know that there's not a one-size-fit-all diet. Absolutely. And if keto is working for someone, that's great. But a big issue I do have of these keto products is a lot of them, like you said, they include the sugar alcohols, mm -hmm. erythritol mm -hmm. and xylitol. xylitol. And mm -hmm. 
I am not an advocate of those either, based on what I've learned. The Weston A. Price Foundation yeah. has been great at explaining the issue with them. They're not really whole foods. They are rather processed foods. Mm-hmm. So I don't recommend any products that include those on my blog. Yeah. One thing I didn't know as much about, though, is the monk fruit. Do all monk fruits have the sugar alcohol in them? You know, because I work with this internal medicine doctor, and she keeps asking me, create a keto product. And I told her, if if I don't eat it myself, I'm not going to create it. So I looked into just the monk fruit, pure monk fruit. And the problem is it has such a strong aftertaste, Aaron. It does. You cannot stand the product. I mean, it doesn't taste good. So I still don't use any of the keto sugars out there. I haven't found anything that is clean and it's edible. I've seen some products that I feel like they add only a small amount of monk fruit and you don't taste it. But it is a problem with a lot. It was intended essentially as a substitute for stevia because people had the same complaints about having too strong a taste. And the problem is a lot of products that use monk fruit, it's really the same thing, too strong of a taste. Yeah, and honestly, there are monk fruits that have xylitol, and if you put those in the products, you can tolerate the taste. I wouldn't say it tastes good. My idea is you are not only the physical body. You have emotional body. You know, you have layers, right? And I'm thinking if you are not enjoying your food, I mean, if it doesn't taste good, I mean, what's the point of eating it? I don't know. I mean, that's my thought. I agree because, yes, just some of these keto sweets, the problem is they are too sweet and I'm Uh not a fan of them. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Because I tried many of them as part of being a blogger, letting people know about the best products out there. I have to sample a lot and there's many I've sampled recently. A lot of these chocolates and stuff just, oh, I just feel way too sweet after eating them. And I did not feel that with yours. I love the natural taste. Honey is an excellent natural sweetener. Yes. It's one of my favorites. And as we're talking about digestive issues, honey is actually something to help with your digestion in a lot of ways because eating local honey helps a lot with that, with allergies. There's also Manuka Mm -hmm. honey, which is, it's not local, but that has some amazing benefits to it. Absolutely. I try to eat that at least once a week. It's expensive, so I wish I could eat it every day, but I have a thing for at least... Once a week, I have a spoonful of Manuka honey. Uh huh. Yeah, that's amazing. And Manuka honey, I mean, when you have cold, you know, flu cold, with a little bit of lemon water, absolutely great. It is. And I think perhaps maybe that's part of what's helped me with the cold season doing okay is uh-huh. having Manuka honey once a week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know you use other types of natural sweeteners such as maple syrup, and that's another wonderful one. Uh huh. Yeah, I use maple syrup really in only one product and a lot of my vegan customers they actually eat all the honey products that i have but i have some of them that they can't they want the nutrition bars yes but they can't have the honey so i really in only one of my nutrition bars is i use maple syrup and the maple syrup i have is actually canadian so it's not local and it's pure canadian it doesn't have any additives any sugar or anything but most of my products are sweetened with medjool dates and the nutrition bars are sweetened with honey and only one of them are sweetened with maple syrup taste wise do you have a favorite natural sweetener honey (laughs) i love honey (laughs) (laughs) I do too. It's interesting because as a kid, I didn't really like the taste of honey and it was probably because I didn't have the right honey because I probably had some pasteurized version, which was heavily refined. But 
local honey. Mm, oh, it's amazing. Yum. And there's also different flavors. I didn't know that too. Yeah. But researching these different local honeys and learning about different yeah. ones, orange blossom and other flavors. Oh, yeah. The one that I get, it's blackberry blossom. Oh, my God. When you open, this is the one that I get from Glory Bee. Oh, my God. When you open the container, this aroma comes to you. It's just heavenly. And I'm thinking God or Mother Earth, whatever you believe in, created this beautiful food for us. Why are we altering them? I don't understand. Yes, there's a lot of great choices for honey. In California, we're blessed with a lot of great local beekeepers, but there's yes. also a lot of great national ones. If you can't find ones in your area, I've done an article on the best organic honeys and Glory Bee is a wonderful one. Yeah. And I recommended a number of other ones that are sold nationally that you can get. So in addition to natural sweeteners, another key to what you use in your foods at Nourish Allergy is sprouted nuts and seeds. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I really think needs to get more attention, Absolutely. just the importance of sprouting. So why don't you explain that to the listeners a little bit? Yeah, that's absolutely important for someone like me with GI issues to have activated, sprouted nuts and seeds, beans, even rice I activated before we cook it. Basically, when you soak and sprout nuts and seeds, you get rid of the anti-nutrients that cause this digestion problems. Why is it that there are anti-nutrients there? Because the mother nature is very smart. They put it in there to prevent these nuts and seeds to be eaten too early by animals. So when you receive them, if you soak them for six to 12 hours, they will be activated. They will be removing all those anti-nutrients and they're easily digestible at that point. And the nutrients are easily absorbed when you sprout them. Why is that? Because you are beginning the germination process when you sprout these nuts and seeds. They're getting them ready for rebirth. So the nutrient density increases to accommodate and support these little sprouts for a successful transformation to a plant. So definitely when you sprout them, the enzymatic activity also is higher. So it's much easier for your body to digest them. It's much easier for your body to absorb all these nutrients from them. And do you sprout the nuts and seeds yourself or do you buy them pre-sprouted? So for my company, I buy them from Blue Mountain Organics mm -hmm. and this one local vendor that I have. However, for my home use, yes, I used to soak them and sprout them myself. Now I have to be honest with you, I'm getting lazy, <laughs> so I buy everything for home use also from Blue Mountain Organics. So <laughs> the rice that I use is also sprouted. The flour I use, this is home use, I'm saying, is sprouted. The beans I use for home use, everything I use is sprouted because I see a difference for myself, for my digestion. It really helps for my family too. I've gone back and forth between buying sprouted and sprouting myself. Yeah. I've also found it <laughs> somewhat hard to sprout. I don't know. I was using the dehydrator and somehow it didn't turn out right. But then yeah. I heard Sally Fallon explains that when she sprouts her nuts, she actually just likes to use the oven. So I've done that more recently and yeah. better results with that. I've done oven and I've done just room temperature. Being a Persian, we are very familiar with the, you know, Weston A. Price Foundation dietary recommendation is amazing because it's very close to my heart. That's how we used to eat in Iran. And that's how my grandparents used to sprout everything. So for me, it was second nature to sprout things, but I wasn't doing it because nobody was doing it until 
I was lucky enough to learn about Sally and Western East Prize Foundation and reading his book and all of that. So, yeah, I used to do sprouting. I just got lazy, <laughs> I have to say, and I buy everything. Well, now. we're starting to see actually some great sprouted products on the market. We're seeing a number absolutely. of sprouted nuts now even that you can buy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the Wise Traditions conference, there was this one vendor he was doing all these sprouted nuts. Oh, my God. I bought so much bulk of it. They tasted so good. They added seaweed to it. Oh, my God. It was heavenly. I bought some for home use. Would that be Rich Nuts? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Oh, great guy. Yes, I've known Rich actually oh a long God. time. I met him a few years ago at oh an environmental networking event in L.A., and he's really taken off. I've had him speak at my local chapter, and he's given a great oh. demo on how to make nut milks. And yes, because that was certainly one of the first sprouted nuts that I saw on the market. Yeah, amazing, amazing. I bought lots from him. <laughs> yeah, his products. So we talked a lot about the ingredients you used, and you talked a little bit about the packaging. And what other ways would you say that Nourishology is eco-friendly. Mm -hmm. So we use minimal waste. The plastic we use is 100% compostable, 100% degradable. We compost all the food waste products. We, I have a compost pile. And then all of our measuring cups, all of our measuring spoons, everything is either glass or silver. We hardly use any plastic containers. If we see plastic containers, we recycle, we use. I actually give it to my family, like my sisters, my mom to reuse it. All of our bags, our paper bags, the shipping boxes, the fillers, everything is environmentally conscious. Even like the trash bags, they're 100% compostable. So I care a lot about Earth. I have two children and I want to leave this planet in a better shape than in the future. We do often with my boys, we do often we go and do beach cleaning. And I want the boys to learn that all these plastic waste, now there's masks everywhere. I don't know if you notice at the beach. And these are not fiber. Fiber, they're not cloth. They have a lot of plastic in them. So, so it's very sad to see all these plastic waste everywhere at the beach everywhere yeah oh everywhere i've seen it tossed out in the front of my house yeah i buy everything in bulk obviously then you kind of reduce the amount of packaging of the ingredients and as much as i can i want to do local because of the jet fuel airplane and all that so i think about every way that i could be conscious that's why my business has a certificate for green business because they came and I have a certification for also net zero because they came and they saw my practice, how I'm trying to be as much possible eco-friendly and as less possible making waste, adding waste to this earth. I'd like to see more food companies have a green certification because I know a yeah. lot of the companies I interview, they talk about using eco-friendly packaging or facilities run by solar panels. Yeah. And I think it'd be great to have that right on the package itself that you know that, not just that it's organic, but other ways that you can be environmental. Yeah. It's all related. Yeah, absolutely. In general, do you see people looking for healthier snack food? Absolutely. Especially one of the reasons I feel my company took off so nicely because I started during pandemic. 
now in the wake of this current pandemic, people feel there is a necessity for boosting their immune system. They're starting to read. They're starting to listen to podcasts like yours. And to fight these viral diseases, they understand the best way is to reduce sugary snacks, that there are empty calories, and use instead snacks that can be meal replacement. It can fuel your body fast, but really fuel every cell in your body. My products, the Nourishality products, really keeps you full for a long time because of the way I designed the ratio of the carbohydrates and to fats and proteins, and it will slow down the digestion of the snacks. And I feel like people who are looking for healthier snacks, they will find this very valuable to add to their diet. I think so too. This year for the first time, I'm looking at attending the Sweets and Snacks Expo, which has all kinds of sweets and snacks, certainly a lot of the conventional stuff there, but it amazed me to see that they have a whole section for organic and sustainable snacks. Hmm. Sweet and snacks? That's very interesting. I didn't know there was a convention like that. It is, yes. And actually, the organic and sustainable ones, they make up a decent part of it. Now they have a section for it. And the conference is very excited to hear me covering it that I want to focus on these companies. Nice. What do you see as the future of sustainable food in general? I am hopeful that people start to wake up and realize that in order for our kids, our next generation, to have a planet to live in and to have proper food to feed our organ systems, our children, we need to be kind to our mother earth. Earth is really an extension of us. If you think about the molecules that are in the soil, is the molecules that is in our body. The water is our blood. The air is our breath and the fire is our spirit. So for our own sake, we need to be kinder to our Mother Earth. So I am very hopeful. In my classes, I talk to these kids, to my students, about the importance of being sustainable and being cautious about all these waste materials. I was traveling the other day, Erin, I was going to Costa Rica and there had snack foods. And I was looking at my next door neighbor sitting next to me and she was eating all these snack food. In about two hours later, I just turned back and there were all these plastic little containers just piled up there for one person. And I was thinking, oh my God, wouldn't it be possible that we do something to reduce this many waste? Mm -hmm. You know, and this is only one person in just a couple of hours. So I do feel that people are waking up. And I am very hopeful that we as a nation and as a society can think a little deeper about our food being sustainable. I think so too. I think we're headed in the right direction, especially as I see a lot of these conventional grocery stores yeah. shutting down. I see more natural food stores popping up. And even the conventional grocery stores, they now all know that they need to have a line of organic products in order for them to thrive. Yeah, 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 exactly. Do you have any plans for future nurseality products? Yeah, I'm planning to expand it and offer it to the autistic population. My son, the one that's birth injured, he's not autistic, but he has his own issues. So I have some autistic family friends and they love my grain-free. Their grain-free, they say the children love them because they taste so good. But my plan is to kind of like expand it to go to the conventions for the autism and introduce it to uh, autistic families because anyone with any gastrointestinal discomfort, they can 
benefit from my products. My products, they don't have fillers. They don't have bulking agents. There's no corn, no soy, no processed food. Most of them are grain-free. I have absolutely no junk in them. Every ingredient I put in there, I think about it. Every ingredient has a reason to promote health. Every ingredient gives vitality to every cell of the body. So nourishality in general accommodates various dietary restrictions, vegan, paleo, keto, and is Vesene Price Foundation friendly also. And my future plan is to expand it to the autistic population. I think they can really appreciate what I have to offer. I think so too. Do you have any personal favorite nourishality products? <laughs> okay, for my mine, my best one that I love and is my best sellers. This was my first product, Erin, that I created. The almond chocolate nutrition bars. They taste like brownies and oh my god, it's heavenly. And up to this date, that's my most popular one. And my second most favorite one, which is also my second popular one is the pistachio cardamom rose mm -hmm. super bites i started this on a valentine day and because of valentine's day because of the rose it's sold so well and it's kind of like it's inspired by persian cuisine and i'm persian and it's very close to my heart i honestly think my gut microbiome has this memory of childhood and <laughs> when i created this my microbiome is so appreciative of this <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these two are my most favorite, and they happen to be my bestseller also so far. I love that. Yeah. Nikisa, we're just about out of time, but before we go, let the listeners know where they can go online to find your website and other information about Nourishality. Yeah, sure. So my website is www.nourishality.com, and Nourishality is N-O-U-R-I-S-H-A-L-I-T-Y, and it's a combination of nourish and vitality. That's what I made this combination. And then my Instagram page is at organic superfood snacks. And then I have Facebook page also same at organic superfood snacks. So they can email me and there is a number they can call me if they have any questions and I'm happy to answer any questions. Absolutely. And I can vouch for that because that's where we met was through Instagram. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on the program. It's a pleasure learning all about your products. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. I'm very happy that you invited me here. It's great to have you here. Thank you. That's all for this episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. New episodes of the show are now released every Wednesday. Next week, I interview David M. Newman, author of the book, Extra Virgin Olive Oil, The Truth in Your Kitchen. Follow me on social media for more information on the next episode. And to make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher and subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore. You can also listen to all my podcasts on my website, appropriateomnivore.com. There you can find recipes from the guests I interview, plus all of my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. Until next time, my pantry is officially closed. <laughs>